I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Oh, hello, and welcome to the Leaves of Glen podcast, uh, Mansion. Uh, it's a fun little bit where I pretend to live in a mansion and not just recording in my basement. This is where I read the hottest public domain books and short stories. This week, we'll continue to read Winnie the Pooh by A.A. Milne. 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 Want to learn about the author? Sure. He was born January 18th, uh, 1882, and he died January 31st, 1956. Uh... Alan Alexander Milne was an English writer best known for his books about the uh, teddy bear Winnie the Pooh, as well as for children's poetry. Milne was primarily a playwright before the huge success of Winnie the Pooh overshadowed all his previous work. At Trinity College in Cambridge, he wrote for the school newspaper and played on a cricket team at school with... Uh, pedophile murderer J.M. Barry, who wrote Peter Pan, Arthur Conan Doyle, who was a weird uh, uh, occultist now, uh, uh, paranormal obsessed nut, yeah, that's better, uh, who wasn't smart enough to write about the smartest detective in the world, and, uh, and P.G. Wodehouse, who was a gleeful idiot. Uh, and after serving in both world wars, Milne became the father of uh, bookseller Christopher Robin Milne, upon whom the character Christopher Robin is based. It was during a visit to the London Zoo where Christopher became enamored with the tame and amiable bear, Winnipeg. Uh, that Mill was inspired to write the story about Winnie the Pooh for his son. Uh, his son started to resent it, and uh, so Mill and his wife became estranged from their son, who came to resent what he saw as his father's exploitation of his childhood and came to hate the books that had thrust him into the public eye. Uh, Christopher's marriage to his first cousin, gross Leslie de Selicourt, uh, distanced him still further from his parents. Leslie's father and Christopher's mother had not spoken to each other for uh, 30 years. Uh, that... Uh, why don't we plow through some fun facts? I don't got any more fun facts specifically about this author because um, besides the fact that his kid hated him for kind of a dumb reason, uh, that he got nothing else going on. He's actually probably a nice guy, which is a, a twist because everyone you ever read about who wrote books, uh, oh, I don't know, more than 70 years ago, were huge jerks. So instead, uh, I found grunge.com has got the dark side of your favorite children's authors. For example, oh, I don't know, Hans Christian Andersen kept a masturbation diary. In the pantheon of distressing thoughts, there is none quite so distressing as that of the author of The Little Mermaid playing with his junk as he created immortal children's literature. Yes, that's exactly what Hans Christian Andersen liked to do. His diary is full of barf-inducing... This is Grunch.com, so it's like it's written for sassy teens. Barf-inducing descriptions of his endless experiments in hand-based self-pleasure. For Andersen... There was seemingly no greater joy than talking to an attractive person and then immediately running off to have a magnificent wank. Oh, in the life of a storyteller, Jack Wolsher's, Wolsher's biography of Anderson details how, when in Paris, the children's author uh, would, would pay prostitutes to talk to him, then go scuttling home for some solo nighttime fun. What the, what's the point of that? 
When good-looking friends came round for a social visit, Anderson would sneak upstairs to relieve himself of his tension. And you better believe he liked to record each bout of self-love for posterity. Oh, his diaries have a system where a uh, system where a particularly good pant rummage is marked with a plus-plus in the margins. There are also interesting matter of uh, just who Anderson was attracted to. While he certainly liked to play with himself after meeting women, there's evidence that he was equally attracted to young men. Oh, not the least, the passionate love letters he wrote boys much younger than he was. Man, everyone sucks. Not that his rampaging sexual appetite seems to have disturbed the writer. The diary entries are written about in a jolly, sunny detail and brimming with perverted optimism. I swear to God, there is not a single author from back then that isn't a racist or a a pedophile or a murderous pedophile. How did our our, uh, society ever move forward if everyone was a jerk? Uh, I don't know. Someone had to be nice. Anyone you read about from, I don't know, 1960s and back, they all have a horrible part. Gandhi was problematic. All right, well, with that, uh, why don't we retire down to the library where I will continue reading to you uh, Winnie the Pooh. Chapter 7, in which Kanga and Baby Roo come to the forest, and uh, Piglet has a bath. Nobody uh, seemed to know where they came from, but there they were in the forest, Kanga and Baby Roo, uh, when Pooh and Christopher Robin uh, asked him, oh, oh, how how did they come here? Christopher Robin said, in a usual way, if you you know what I mean, (laughs) Pooh, and Pooh, who didn't, said, oh, uh, and he nodded his head twice and said, in the usual way, ah. And then he went on to call upon his friend Piglet to see what he thought about it. And at Piglet's house, he found Rabbit. Oh, they all talked about it together. Uh, what I don't like about this, said Rabbit, uh, here we are, you, Pooh, and you, uh, Piglet, and me. And uh, suddenly, oh, and Eeyore, said Pooh, oh, and Eeyore. And then suddenly, and an owl, said Pooh, and owl. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden, oh, and Eeyore, said Pooh, I was forgetting him. Here we are, said Rabbit, very slowly and carefully. All of us. And then suddenly, we wake up one morning, and, and, and what do we find? We find a strange animal among us, an animal of whom we have never seen before, an animal who carries her family about with her in, in, her, in, her, in her pocket. Suppose I carried my family about with me in my pocket. How many, how many pockets should I want? Sixteen, said Piglet. Seventeen, uh, isn't it? Said Rabbit. And uh, one more for a handkerchief. That's eighteen. Eighteen pockets, one suit. I have at the time. There was a long and thoughtful silence. And then Pooh, who had been frowning very hard for some minutes, said, I make it fifteen. What? Said Rabbit. Fifteen. Fifteen what? Your family. Uh, what about them? 
Pooh rubbed his nose and said that he thought Rabbit had been talking about his family. Did I? said Rabbit carelessly. Yes, you did. Well, never mind, Pooh, said Piglet impatiently. The question is, uh, what are we to do about Kanga? Oh, I see, said Pooh. The best way, said Rabbit, would be this. The best way would be to steal hmm, uh, Baby Roo and, and hide him. And when Kanga says, oh, yeah, yeah, where's Baby Roo? We say, aha. Aha, said Pooh, practicing. Aha, aha. Of course, he went on, we could say aha even if we hadn't stolen the baby Roo. Pooh, said Rabbit kindly, you haven't any brain. I know, said Pooh humbly. We say aha, so that Kanga knows that we know where baby Roo is. Aha means, uh, and we'll tell you where baby Roo is if you promise to go away uh, from the forest and never come back. Uh, Now, don't talk while I think. Pooh uh, went to a corner and tried saying aha in that sort of voice. Sometimes it seemed to him that it didn't mean what Rabbit said, and sometimes it seemed to him that it didn't. I suppose it's just practice, he thought. But I wonder if Kanga will have to practice, too, so as to understand it. Uh, there's just one thing, said Piglet, fidgeting a bit. I was, I was talking to Christopher Robin, and he said that a Kanga was generally regarded as one of the fiercer animals. And I, I'm not frightened of fierce animals in the ordinary way, but, but it is well known that if one of the fiercer animals is deprived of its young, it becomes as fierce as two of the fiercer animals, in which case, aha, is pra- uh, perhaps a foolish thing to say. Piglet, said Rabbit, uh, taking out a pencil and licking the end of it, you haven't any pluck. It's hard to be brave, said Piglet, sniffing slightly, when you're uh, only a very small animal. Rabbit, who had begun to write very busily, looked up and said, It is because you're a very small animal that you will be useful hmm, in the adventure before us. Ooh. Piglet was so excited at the idea of being useful that he, uh, he forgot to be frightened anymore. And when Rabbit went on to say that Kangas were only fierce during the winter months, being at the other times of an affectionate disposition, uh, he could hardly sit still. Oh, he's so eager to begin uh, being useful uh, at once. Uh, what, uh, what, uh, what about me? said Pooh, sadly. I suppose I shan't be useful? Never mind, Pooh, said Piglet, comfortingly. Uh, another time, perhaps. Without Pooh, said Rabbit solemnly, as he sharpened his pencil, the adventure would be impossible. Oh, uh, said Piglet, and tried not to look disappointed, but Pooh went into a corner of the room and said proudly to himself, Impossible without me. <laughs> that sort of bear. Now listen, all of you, said Rabbit when he had finished writing, and Pooh and Piglet sat listening very eagerly with their mouths open. This is what Rabbit read out loud. Plan to capture Baby Roo. General remarks. Kanga runs faster than any of us, even me. More general remarks. Kanga never takes her eye off Baby Roo, except when he's safely buttoned up in her pocket. Therefore, if we are to capture Baby Roo, we must get a long start. Uh, Three, because Kanga runs faster than any of us, even me. See, one. A thought, if Roo had jumped out of Kanga's pocket and Piglet had jumped in, Kanga wouldn't know the difference because Piglet is a very small animal, like Roo. Oh, but Kanga would have to be looking uh, the other way first so as not to see Piglet jumping in. Uh, See, number two. Another thought, uh, but if Pooh was talking to her very excitedly, she might look the other way for a moment, and then I could run away with Roo quickly, and Kanga wouldn't discover the difference until afterwards. Well... Rabbit read this out proudly, and for a little while after, he had read it, and nobody else said anything. And then Piglet, who had been opening and shutting his mouth without making any noise, managed to say very huskily, 
And, uh, afterwards? Uh, how do you mean? When Kanga does discover the difference, uh, then we all say, aha. All three of us, yes. Oh, why, uh, what's the trouble, Piglet? Nothing, said Piglet, as long as we all three say it, and as long as we all three say it, said Piglet. I don't mind, he said, but I shan't care to say aha by myself. It wouldn't sound nearly so well. By the way, he said, uh, you are quite sure about this, what you said about the winter months. Uh, uh, the winter months? Yes. Only being fierce in the winter months? No, yes, yes, that's all right. Well, Pooh, uh, what, you see what you have to do? No, said Pooh Bear. Not yet, he said. Uh, what do I do? Well, you just have to talk very hard to Kanga so she doesn't notice anything. Oh, uh, what about? Uh, anything you like. Do you mean like uh, telling her a little bit of poetry or uh, something? Well, that's it, said Rabbit. Splendid. Now come along. So they all uh, went out to look for Kanga. And Kanga and Roo were spending a quiet afternoon in a sandy part of the forest. Baby Roo was practicing a very small jumps in the sand and, and falling down mouse holes. Yeah, and climbing out of them. And Kanga was fidgeting about and saying, uh, Just one more jump, dear, and then we must go home. And at that moment, who should come stumping up the hill but Pooh? Uh, good afternoon, Kanga. Uh, good afternoon, Pooh. Oh, look at me jumping, squeaked Roo, and fell into another mouse hole. Ah, hello, Roo, my little fellow. Oh, we're just going home, said Kanga. Good afternoon, Rabbit. Uh, good afternoon, Piglet. Rabbit and Piglet, who had now come up from the other side of the hill, said, Oh, good afternoon. Uh, hello, Roo. And Roo asked them to look at him jumping, so they stayed and looked. And Kanga looked, too. Oh, Kanga, said Pooh, after Rabbit had winked at him twice. Oh, I don't know if you're interested in po poetry at all? Uh, hardly at all, said Kanga. Oh, said Pooh. Roo, dear, uh, just one more jump and then we go home. Oh, there's a short silence while Roo fell down another mouse hole. How many mouse holes are there in this field? Go on, uh, said Rabbit in a loud whisper behind his paw. Talking of uh, <clears throat> poetry, said Pooh, I made up a little piece as I was coming along, and it went like this. Er, now, let me see. Fancy, said Kanga. Now, Roo, dear, you'll like this piece of poetry, said Rabbit. You'll love it, said Piglet. You must listen very carefully, said Rabbit, so as not to miss any of it, said Piglet. Oh, yes, said Kanga, but she still looked at baby Roo. How, uh, how did it go, Pooh, said Rabbit. And Pooh gave a little cough and began, Lines written by a bear of very little brain. On Monday, when the sun is hot, I wonder to myself a lot. Now it is true, or it is not, that which is which, and which is what? On Tuesday, when it hails and snows, the feeling of me grows and grows that hardly anybody knows if those are these or these are those. On Wednesday, when the sky is blue and I have nothing else to do, I sometimes wonder if it's true, uh, that who is what and uh, what is who? On Thursday, when it starts to freeze or hoar frost, uh, twinkles on the trees, how very readily one sees that these are whose, but uh, those are these. On Friday, yes, it is, isn't it, said Kanga, not waiting to hear what happened on Friday. Uh, just one more jump, Roo, dear, and then we really must be going. Yeah, Rabbit gave Pooh a hurrying up sort of nudge. Uh, talking of poetry, said Pooh quickly, have you ever noticed uh, that, that tree right over there? Where, said Kanga. Now, Roo, uh, right over there, said Pooh, pointing behind Kanga's back. Uh, no, said Kanga. Now, jump in, Roo, dear. We'll go home. You ought to look at that tree right over there, said Rabbit. Uh, shall I lift you in, Roo? And he, uh, he picked up Roo in his paws. Uh, I can see a bird in it from here, said Pooh. Uh, it was a fish. 
Well, you ought to see that bird from here, said Rabbit, unless it's a fish. It isn't a fish, it's a bird, said Piglet. Uh, so it is, said Rabbit. It is a startling, a starling, or a blackbird, said Pooh. Oh, that's the whole question, said Rabbit. Is it a blackbird or a starling? And then at last, Kanga did turn her head to look, and at that moment that her head was turned, Rabbit said in a loud voice, In you go, Roo! And in jumped Piglet into Kanga's pocket, and off scampered Rabbit with Roo in his paws as fast as he could. Why, uh... "'Where's Rabbit?' said Kanga, turning round again. "'Are you all right, uh, Roo, dear?' Piglet made a squeaky Roo noise from the bottom of Kanga's pocket. "'Rabbit had to go away,' said Pooh, "'and I think he thought of something that he uh, had to go to uh, to see about suddenly.' "'And Piglet?' "'Now, I think Piglet thought of something at the same time suddenly.' "'Well, we must be getting home,' said Kanga. "'Goodbye, Pooh,' and in three large jumps she was gone. "'Pooh!' Looked after her as she went. I wish I could jump like that, he thought. Some can and some can't. That's how it is. But there are moments when Piglet wished that Kanga couldn't. Often when he had come, had a long walk home through the forest and he had wished that eh, he were a bird. But now he thought jerkily to himself at the bottom of Kanga's pocket. Oh, in other words, it jumbled up on this page. So give it, uh, take a stab at reading this. Uh, this take if is shall really... Hmm. Uh, really two flying I never it this is if I give up who cares and uh, he went up into the air and he said ooh and as he came down he said ow and he was saying ooh ow ooh ow ooh ow all the way to Kanga's house of course uh, as soon as Kanga unbuttoned her pocket uh, she saw what happened and just for a moment she thought she was frightened and then she knew she wasn't uh, and then she felt quite sure that Christopher Robin would never let any harm happen to Rue so she said to herself if they're having a joke with me I will have a joke with them now then Rue dear she said as she took Piglet out of her pocket bedtime aha said Piglet as well as he could after his terrifying journey but it wasn't a very good aha and Kanga didn't seem to understand what it meant Beth first said Kanga in a cheerful voice Ah, said Piglet again, looking round anxiously for the others, but the others weren't there. Rabbit was playing with Baby Roo in his own house and feeling more fond of him every minute. And Boo, who had decided to be a Kanga, was still at the sandy place on top of the forest practicing jumps. Oh, I'm not sure, I'm not all sure, said Kanga in a thoughtful voice, that it wouldn't be a good idea to have a cold bath this evening. Would you like that, Roo, dear? Piglet who had never been really fond of baths, shuddered a long, indignant shudder, and said in as brave a voice as he could, Kanga, I see that the time has come to speak plainly. Funny little Rue, said Kanga, as she got the bath water ready. I am not Rue, said Piglet loudly. I am Piglet. Yes, dear, yes, said Kanga smoothly, uh, in, in imitating Piglet's voice, too. So clever of him, she went on as she took a large bar of yellow soap out of the cupboard. What will he be doing next? Can't you see, shouted Piglet. Haven't you got eyes? Look at me. I am looking rude, dear, said Kanga rather severely, and you know what I told you yesterday about making faces. If you go on making faces like Piglet's, you'll grow up to look like Piglet, and then think how sorry you'll be. Now then, into the bath, and don't let me have to speak to you about it again. Before he knew where he was, uh, Piglet was in the bath, and Kanga was scrubbing him firmly with a large leathery flannel. Ow, said Piglet, let me out, I'm a Piglet. I don't open your mouth, dear, or the soap goes in, said Kanga. There, what did I tell you? You, 
You, you did that on purpose, spluttered Piglet, as soon as he could speak again, and then accidentally had a mouthful of lathery flannel. Oh, that's right, dear. Don't say anything, said Kanga. In another minute, Piglet was out of bath and uh, being rubbed dry with a, uh, with, a, with, a, with a towel. Now, said Kanga, there's your medicine. And then bed. What, what, what medicine, said Piglet, to make you grow big and strong, dear. You don't want to grow up small and weak like a Piglet, do you? Well, then. And at that moment, there was a knock at the door. Come in, yeah, said Kanga, and in came Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin, Christopher Robin, cried Piglet. Tell Kanga who I am. She keeps saying I'm Rue. I'm not Rue, am I? And Christopher Robin looked at him very carefully and shook his head. I can't be Rue, he said, because I've, I've just seen Rue playing at Rabbit's house. Well, said Kanga, fancy that. Fancy my making a mistake like that. Well, there you are, said Piglet. I told you so. I'm Piglet. Christopher Robin shook his head again. Oh, you're not Piglet, he said. I know Piglet well, and he's quite a different color. And Piglet began to say that this was because he just had a bath, and that he had thought that perhaps he wouldn't say that, and then he's opened his mouth to say something else. Kanga slipped the medicine spoon in, and then patted him on the back and told him that it was really quite a nice taste when he got used to it. Oh, I knew it wasn't Piglet, said Kanga. I wonder who it could be. Perhaps it's some relation of Pooh, said Christopher Robin. Uh, what, about a, what about a nephew, huh? Uh, or, uh, or an uncle, yeah, or something. Kanga agreed that this was probably uh, what it was. It, it said that they would have to call it by some name. I shall call it Putel, said Christopher Robin. Henry Putel, for short. And just when it was decided, Henry Putel wriggled out of Kanga's arms and jumped on the ground. And to his great joy, Christopher Robin had left the door open. Never had Henry Putel Piglet run so fast as he ran then. And he didn't stop running eh, until he got quite close to the house. And then, when he was a uh, hundred yards away, he stopped running. Rolled the rest of the way home so as to get all his own nice, comfortable color back again. So Kanga and Rue stayed in the forest. And every Tuesday, Rue spent the day with his great friend Rabbit. And every Tuesday, Kanga eh, spent the day with her great friend Pooh, teaching him to, to jump. And every Tuesday, Piglet spent the day with his great friend Christopher Robin. Yeah, so they're all happy again. Well, there you go. I guess there's a lot to learn from that story. Why don't we... Uh, Retire to, uh, instead of the master bedroom where I read to you the latest upcoming romance novels from Penguin Run House books, we're gonna go, this is a kid's book, so we're just gonna go to the snuggle closet where I got a lot of pillows and blankets, and we just kinda sit there and I'll just tell you about the latest upcoming romance novels from Penguin Run House books. Kinda takes the steam out of the whole segment, but, uh, this is what we're doing, cause, uh, I don't wanna be a creep. Oh, there you are. Yeah. You found the snuggle closet. And for some reason, you dress like a firefighter. Why? We're not doing that bit. This is a children's book. So now dress it up like a weirdo. Oh, you handed me a book. A book called Chasing Fire by Nora Roberts. Oh, you want to hear about Chasing Fire? Sure you do. It's the number one New York Times bestseller author. Ugh. The Scam, New York Times bestseller. Uh, Nora Roberts delves into the world of elite firefighters who thrive on danger and adrenaline. Men and women who wouldn't know how to live if, it, if it life wasn't on the edge. Uh, little else in life is as dangerous as fire jumping, but there's also little else as thrilling, at least to Rowan Tripp. Uh, being a Missoula smoke jumper is in Rowan's blood. Her father is a legend in the field. What's a smoke jumper or uh, uh, what is the other one? Fire jumping? 
Is it just being a firefighter? Uh, her father her father is a legend in the field. Uh, at this point, returning to the wilds of Montana for the season feels like coming home, even with reminders of the partner she'd lost uh, last season uh, still lingering in the air. One of the best of this year's rookie crop, Gulliver Curry, these are weird names, is walking. Is a walking contradiction. Oh, he's a hot-shot firefighter with a big vocabulary. What? In a winter job at a kid's arcade. Okay, weird. Uh, though Rowan, as a rule, doesn't look up uh, with other smoke jumpers. Uh, Gull is convinced that he can change your mind. But everything is thrown off balance when a dark present lashes out against Rowan, looking to blame someone for last year's tragedy. Rowan knows she can't complicate things with Gull. Any distractions in the air or on the ground could be lethal. But if she doesn't find someone, she can learn a, a lean on when the heat gets intense. Uh, her life may go down in flames. Okay, I lost interest. You can find that at Amazon, Barnes Noble, Books a Million, Bookshop.org, uh, Hudson Booksellers, Indiebound Powell's Target, and Walmart. And it's a paperback for $12.99, coming out January 3rd. Oh, it already came out. Okay, well, whatever. Hey, go get that book. I'm sure that's fun. Well, with that, why don't we go back to the library uh, and uh, finish reading the, the next chapter. Well, there you go. Why don't you take a seat? Get yourself comfortable. Still wearing the firefighter hat, I see. You just can't wait till this kid's book is done, can't you? All right, well, chapter eight, in which Christopher Robin leads an, ex- an exposition to the North Pole. One fine day, Pooh had stumped up to the top of the forest to see if his friend Christopher Robin was interested in, in, in bears at all. At breakfast, oh, burp. At breakfast that morning, a simple meal of marmalade spread lightly over a honeycomb or two. He had suddenly thought of a new song. It began, oh, God, another song. It began like this. Sing ho for the life of a bear. Oh, good, that was a short song. Uh, When he had got as far as this, he scratched his head and thought to himself, Ah, that's a very good start for a song. But but what about the second line? And he tried singing ho uh, two or three times, but it didn't seem to help. Perhaps it would be better, he thought, if I sang hi uh, for the life of a bear. So he sang it, uh, but it wasn't. Very well, then, he said. I shall sing that first line twice. And perhaps if I sing it very quickly, I shall find myself singing the third and fourth lines before I have the time to think of them. And uh, and that'll be a good song. Now, then, uh, sing ho for the life of a bear. Sing ho for the life of a bear. I don't much mind if it rains or snows. Because I've got a lot of honey on my nice new nose. I don't care if it snows or thaws. Because I've got a lot of honey on my nice clean paws. Sing ho for a bear. Sing ho for a poo. And I'll have a little something in an hour or two. He was so pleased with this song that he sang it all the way to the top of the forest. And if I go on singing it much longer, he thought, it will be time for the little something and then the, the last line won't be true so he turned it into a hum instead ah, ah, Christopher Robin was sitting outside his door putting on his big boots and as soon as he saw the big boots ah, Pooh knew that an adventure was going to happen and he brushed the honey off his nose with the back of his paw and he spruced himself up as well as he could so as to look ready for anything uh, good morning, Christopher Robin called out. Uh, hello, Pooh Bear. Uh, I can't get this boot on. Uh, oh, that's bad, said Pooh. Uh, 
do you think you can very kindly lean against me? Because I keep pulling so hard, I, yeah, I fall over backwards. Pooh sat down, dug his feet to the ground, and pushed hard against Christopher Robin's back, and Christopher Robin pushed hard against his, and he pulled and pulled at his boot until he finally got it on. Yeah, yeah, that's it, said Pooh. Uh, what do we do next? Well, we're going to go on an expedition, said Christopher Robin, as he got up and brushed himself. Uh, Thank you, Pooh. Going on an expedition, said Pooh eagerly. I don't think I've ever been on one of those. Uh, Where are we going to go this expedition? Expedition? Uh, Silly old bear. It's got an X in it. Oh, uh, said Pooh. I know. And he didn't really. Uh, We're going to discover the North Pole. Oh, said Pooh. What is the North Pole? He asked. Oh, it's just the thing you discover, said Christopher Robin carelessly, not uh, being quite sure himself. Oh, oh, I see, said Pooh. Are uh, bears any good at discovering it? Oh, of course they are. And Rabbit and Kanga and all of you. It's an expedition. And that's what an expedition means. A long line of everybody. Oh, you better tell all the others to get ready. Well, uh, if I see if, if my gun's all right. That's right. This child has a gun. In, in a couple, like one of the first couple episodes when Pooh was tied to a balloon, this kid just pulled out, not a BB gun, just a real gun, and shot the balloon down. So this kid's going to take his gun while he goes exploring. Uh, we must all bring provisions. Bring what? Things to eat. Oh, said Pooh happily. I thought you said provisions. Uh, I'll go and tell them. And he stumped off. Uh, the first person he met was Rabbit. Hello, Rabbit, he said. Is that you? Well, let's pretend it isn't, said Rabbit, and see what happens. I've got a message for you. I will give it to him. Well, we're all going on an expedition with Christopher Robin. Uh, what is it, then, when we're on it? A sort of boat, I think, said Pooh. Oh, uh, that sort. Yes, and we're going to discover a pole or something. Or was it a mole? Anyhow, we're going to discover it. Uh, we are, are we, said Rabbit. Yes, and I've got to bring pro uh, things to eat with us, in case we want to eat them. And now I'm going down to Piglet's. Tell Kanga, will you? He left Rabbit and hurried down to Piglet's house, and Piglet was, uh, well, sitting on the ground by the door of his house, blowing happily at a dandelion, and wondering whether it would be uh, this year or next year, sometime or never. He had just discovered that it would be never, and he was trying to remember what it was, and was hoping it wasn't anything nice when Pooh came up. Oh, uh, Piglet, said Pooh excitedly, we're going on an expedition. He's spelling it different every time, and I just keep saying it the correct way every time. All of us, with things to eat, to discover something. To uh, 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 discover what? Said Piglet anxiously. Oh, oh, just something. Nothing fierce. Christopher Robin didn't say anything about fierce. He just said it had, a, it had an X. It isn't uh, their necks, I mind, said Piglet earnestly. It's their teeth. But if Christopher Robin is coming, I don't mind anything. In a little while, they're already at the top of the forest, and the expedition started. First came Christopher Robin and Rabbit, then Piglet and Pooh, then Kanga with Roo, uh, in her pocket, and Owl, uh, then Eeyore, and at the end of the long line, all Rabbit's friends and relations. I didn't ask them, explained Rabbit carelessly. They, they just came. They always do. I think I marched at the end after Eeyore. What I say, said Eeyore, is that it's unsettling. I didn't want to come on this expo, uh, what Pooh said. I I only came to oblige, but uh, here I am. And if I am the end of the expo, uh, what we were talking about, then let me uh, be the end. But if every time I want to sit down for a little rest, I have to brush away half a dozen rabbit smaller friends and relations first, uh, then this isn't an expo, whatever it is, at all. It is simply a confused noise. That's what I say. 
I see what Eeyore means, said Owl. If you ask me, I'm not asking anyone, said Eeyore. I'm just telling everybody uh, we can look for the North Pole or we can, we can play. Here we go gathering nuts in May uh, with uh, the end part of the ant's nest, and it's all the same to me. I have no idea what happened in that sentence. There was a shout from the top of the line. Come on, eh, said Christopher Robin. Come on, eh, called Pooh and Piglet. Eh, come on, cried Owl. We're starting, said Rabbit. I must go. And he hurried off to the front of the expedition uh, with Christopher Robin. All right, said Eeyore. We're going. Only don't blame me. Well, off they all went to discover the pole. Uh, and as they walked, they chattered to each other of this and that, all except Pooh, who was making up a song. This, this is the first verse, he said to Piglet, when he was uh, ready with it. Uh, uh, first verse of what? My song. Uh, what song? This one. Which one? Well, if you listen, Piglet, you'll hear it. Uh, how do you know I'm not listening? Pooh couldn't answer that one, so he began to sing. They all went off to discover the pole. Owl, Piglet, Rabbit, and all. It, it's a thing you discover, as I've been told. T-O-L-E. By Owl and Piglet and Rabbit and all. Oh, this is the song. Ugh, I'm not singing it. Eeyore, Christopher, Robin, and Pooh, and Rabbit's relations all went too. And there the pole uh, was none of them they knew. Sing hey for Owl and Rabbit and all. Hush, said Christopher, Robin, turning around to Pooh. We're just coming to a dangerous place. Hush, said Pooh, turning around quickly to Piglet. Hush, said Piglet to Kanga. Hush, said Kanga to Owl. Well, Rue said hush uh, several times to himself, very quietly. Hush, said Owl to Eeyore. Hush, said Eeyore in a terrible voice to all of Rabbit's friends and relations. And hush, they all hastily said to each other, all down the line, until it got to the last one of all. And the last and smallest uh, friend and relation was so upset to find that the whole exp- expedition uh, was saying hush to him uh, that he buried himself head downwards in a crack in the ground and stayed there for two days until the danger was over and then went uh, home in a great hurry and lived quietly with his aunt ever afterwards. Wow, I love that they took one character and played out his entire life all the way down to he spent the rest of his life with his aunt until he died. His name was Alexander Beetle. Oh, they came to a, a stream which twisted and tumbled between high rocky banks, and Christopher Robin saw at once how, oh, dangerous it was. Oh, it's just the place, he explained, for an ambush. Uh, what's that a bush? whispered Pooh to Piglet. I go as bush? Uh, Mo, my, my dear Pooh, said Owl in a superior way. You don't know what an ambush is? Owl, said Piglet, looking round him severely. Pooh's whisper was a perfectly private whisper. There was no need. An ambush, said Owl, is a sort of surprise. So is a gorse bush sometimes, said Pooh. An ambush is what I was about to explain to Pooh, said Piglet. It's a sort of surprise. Oh, if people jump out at you suddenly, that's an ambush, said Owl. Uh, it's an ambush, Pooh, when people jump out at you. Uh, suddenly, explained Piglet. Pooh, who now knew what an ambush was, said that a gorse bush had sprung at him suddenly one day and when he fell off a tree it had taken him six days to get all the prickles out of himself. We're not, ta- we're not talking about a gorse bush, said Owl, a little crossly. I am, said Pooh. Well, they were all climbing up very cautiously the stream now, uh, going from rock to rock, and after they had gone a little way, they came to a place where the banks widened out at each side, so that at each side of the water uh, there was a level strip of grass on which they could sit down and rest. And soon... And soon he saw this, and Christopher Robin called, Halt! And they all sat down and rested. I think, said Christopher Robin, that we ought to eat our provisions now, so that we shan't have so much to carry. Uh, uh, eat all or what? said Pooh. 
Uh, all of what we brought, said Piglet, getting to work. Now oh, that's a good idea, said Pooh, when he got to work, too. Have you all got something? Asked Christopher Robin with, the, with his mouth full. All except me, said Eeyore, uh, as usual. And looked round them in his melancholy way. I suppose none of you are sitting on a thistle by any chance. I believe I am, said Pooh. Ow! And he got up and looked behind him. Yes, I was. I thought so. Oh, thank you, Pooh, if you quite finished uh, with it. And he moved across to Pooh's place and began to eat. Eh, eh, don't do them any good, you know. Sitting on them, he went on as he looked up munching. Takes all the life out of them. Remember that another time, all of you. A little consideration, a little thought for others makes all the difference. And as soon as he had finished his lunch, Christopher Robin whispered to Rabbit, and Rabbit said, yes, yes, of course. And they all, they all walked a little way up the stream together. I, I didn't want the others to hear, said Christopher Robin. Quite so, said Rabbit, looking important. It's, uh, I wondered it's only Rabbit. I suppose you don't know. And what does the North Pole look like? Well, said Rabbit, stroking his whiskers, now you're asking me. I, I did know once, uh, only I sort of forgotten, said Christopher Robin carelessly. It's a, it's a funny thing, said Rabbit, but I have sort of forgotten too. Although I, I did know once, yeah. I suppose it's just a pole stuck in the ground. Sure, uh, to be a pole, said Rabbit, because of calling it a pole. And if it's a pole, well, I should think it would be sticking in the ground. Uh, shouldn't you? Because there'd be nowhere else to stick it. Yes, that's what I thought. The only thing, said Rabbit, is where is it sticking? Oh, that's what we're looking for, said Christopher Robin. And they went back to the others. Piglet was lying on his back, sleeping peacefully. Roo uh, was washing his face and paws in the street. While Kanga explained to everyone proudly that this was the first time he had ever washed his face himself. And Owl was telling Kanga an interesting anecdote full of long words like encyclopedia and uh, rhododendron, uh, which uh, Kanga uh, wasn't listening. Uh, I don't hold with all of this washing, grumbled Eeyore. This modern behind-the-ears nonsense. Uh, what do you think, Pooh? Well, said Pooh, I think. But we shall never know what Pooh thought, because there came a sudden squeak from Roo, a splash, and a loud cry of alarm from Kanga. So much for washing, said Eeyore. Roo's fallen in, cried Rabbit, and he and Christopher Robin came rushing down to the rescue. Uh, look at me swimming, uh, squeaked Roo from the middle of the pool, and uh, was hurried down to a waterfall to the next pool. Oh, yeah. Are you all right, Roo, dear? Called Kanga anxiously. Yes, said Roo. Look at me swim. And down he went over the next waterfall into another pool. Everyone was doing something to help. Piglet, wide awake suddenly, was jumping up and down, making ooh, I say, noises. Owl was explaining that in the case of sudden temporary immersion, the important thing was to keep the head above water. Kanga was jumping along the bank, saying, Are you sure you're all right, Roo, dear? To which Roo, from uh, whatever pool he was in at the moment, was answering, uh, Look at me, uh, look at me swimming. And Eeyore had turned around and hung his tail over the first pool into which Roo fell. Uh, and with his back to the accident, he was grumbling quietly to himself and saying, All this washing. But uh, catch on to my tail, little rule, and you'll be all right. And Christopher Robin and Rabbit came hurrying past Eeyore and were calling out to the others in front of him. All right, uh, Rue, I'm coming, called Christopher Robin. Get something across the stream, uh, lower down. Some of you fellows, called Rabbit. Uh, but Pooh was getting some. Uh, two pools below Rue was standing with a long pole in his paws, and Kanga came up and took one end of it. And between them, they, they held it across the lower part of the pool, and, and Rue... Bubbling proudly, look at me swimming, drifted up against it and climbed out. Hey, hey, did you see me swimming? 
squeaked Rue excitedly, while Kanga scolded him and rubbed him down. Uh, uh, Pooh, Pooh, did, did you see me swimming? Uh, that, uh, that's called swimming. That's what I was doing. Rabbit, did you see what I was doing? Swimming. Uh, hello, hello, Piglet. I say, Piglet, uh, what do you think I was doing? I uh, swimming. Uh, Christopher Robin, did you see me? But Christopher Robin wasn't listening. He was looking at Pooh. Pooh, he said, uh, where'd you find that pole? Uh, Pooh looked at the pole in his hands. Uh, I just found it, he said. I thought it ought to be useful. I just picked it up. Pooh, said Christopher Robin solemnly, the expedition is over. You have found the North Pole. Oh, eh, said Pooh. Eeyore was sitting with his tail in the water when they all got back to him. Uh, Tell Rue to be quick, somebody, he said. My tail's getting cold, and I don't want to mention it, but uh, I just mention it. I don't want to complain, but there it is. My tail's cold. Uh, Here I am, squeaked Rue. Oh, there you are. Did you see me swimming? Eeyore took his tail out of the water and swished it from side to side. As I expected, he said. Lost all feeling. Numbed it. Uh, That's what it's done. Numbed it. Well, as long as nobody minds, I suppose it's all right. Uh, Poor old Eeyore. I'll dry it for you, said Christopher Robin. And he he took out his handkerchief and, and, and rubbed it up. Thank you, Christopher Robin. You're the only one who seems to understand about tails. Uh, They don't think. That's what's the matter with some of these others. They have no imagination. A tail isn't a tail to them. It's just a little bit extra at the back. Uh, Never mind, Eeyore, uh, said Christopher Robin, rubbing his hardest. Is that better? It's feeling more like a tail, perhaps. Uh, It belongs again, if if you know what I mean. Uh, Hello, Eeyore, said Pooh, coming up to them with his pole. Uh, Hello, Pooh, thanks for asking, but I shall be able to use it again in a day or two. Uh, Use what? Uh, What we're talking about. Yeah, I wasn't talking about anything, said Pooh, looking puzzled. My mistake again. I thought you were saying how sorry you were about my tail being all numb. Eh, uh, uh, could you do anything to help? No, said Pooh. That wasn't me, he said, and, I, and he thought for a little, and then he suggested helpfully. Perhaps it was uh, somebody else. Well, thank him for me when you see him. Uh, Pooh looked anxiously at Christopher Robin. Pooh's uh, found the North Pole, said Christopher Robin. Isn't that uh, lovely? Pooh looked modestly down. Is that it? said Eeyore. Yes, said Christopher Robin. Is that what we're looking for? Yes, said Pooh. Oh, said Eeyore. Well, anyhow, it didn't rain, he said. They struck the pole in the ground, and Christopher Robin tied a message onto it. The North Pole, discovered by Pooh. Pooh found it. Then they all went home again, and uh, I think, but I'm not quite sure that Rue had a hot bath and went straight to bed, uh, but Pooh went back on, uh, to his own house and feeling very proud of what he had done. He had a little something to revive himself. Now that's the end of that chapter. Why don't we uh, go to the smoking room where we can uh, <clears throat> go over what the hell we just read. Well, there you are. Why don't you get yourself settled? Uh, smoke a cigarette here in the smoking room. Uh, let's recap what we read in the other chapter, chapter seven. What happened? Ah, forgot about the birds. What happened? Um, they, they wanted to st- abduct a child, and uh, for some reason it turned out adorable. As the mother of a child, if your child's missing and it's replaced by a small man, you think that you'd freak out and maybe beat the crap out of that small man, but nope. Uh, instead, uh, the mom just decided to play along and uh, try to make that little small man miserable. And then Christopher Robin 
who's always nosy in everyone's business, just kind of shows up and uh, says, hey, you don't look like Piglet because his color is different or something. I don't know. It is confusing. And then in the end, uh, it says, uh, your, your kid's back at the, at the rabbit's place. And so that's the end of that story. Uh, after that, the next chapter is uh, they're going to go find the North Pole. But aha, <laughs> no one knows what the North Pole is. They just think it's a pole. Uh, so they walk around, and then Rue decides that he can swim, even though he's almost dying. And everyone, uh, finally, when he gets out of the water, uh, turns out Pooh found a pole to get him out of the water. And then uh, Pooh discovered the North Pole. Do you learn anything from this? Uh, no. It's more or less just an exercise in whimsy. Uh, just basically, what whimsical thing can I do after another? Uh, and that's kind of it. Uh, so, I don't know. Hope that can help you sleep tonight. Don't try to find deeper meaning in this. There really is none. Well, with that, uh, I guess I should get back to my life. And uh, I will uh, be wrapping up this book in the next episode, probably next week. Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. You can tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now, there's there's that. Uh, I, I, are you cool? I like cool people. It's the reason why I got involved in this business to begin with, just to meet cool people. Not losers. So if you're cool, uh, feel free to go over to my website, uh, nuzzlehouse.com. We can see a backlog of everything I've ever read, including stuff like gestating the curious mind with my lady friend or uh, wife, because I'm married. Oh, I'm on Instagram. But no one uses that anymore because they all use TikTok. Am I ever going to get on TikTok? No. But if you want to look at my dead Instagram, it's at House Nuzzle. I also have Twitter, which I use the most, which is also conveniently at House Nuzzle. And since since I think you might be cool, you can always just email me directly. Glenn.Nuzzles at gmail.com. But don't uh, don't email if you're a, a nerdlinger or a dork. Now, back to business. Can't believe I drank all of them already. There's gotta be one left.